Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Aria Hawani, back with another edition of the fastest growing show on the planet. Yes, DC and Hawani is back. And let me tell you, we got a lot to talk about today, like Anderson Silva's potential last UFC fight, the potential return of Khabib Nurmagomedov, Israel Adesanya against Jan Bochovic, all those things and more we shall discuss on today's program. But first, in case you didn't know, season two of the ESPN Investigates podcast is now available. The Running Man tells the story of an obscure former Olympian and alleged serial sexual predator and how a 14-month ESPN investigation brought him out of the shadows. More than 50 men were physically abused and mentally manipulated by their quote-unquote coach for over 40 years. Till they banded together decades later to find justice. Subscribe and listen now to ESPN Investigates wherever you get your podcast. And now on to today's program, which may contain some language that's not suitable for all audiences. So listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. Fantastic. When, when you guys were like hugging, taking the photos, did everyone say like, "Call Ariel, like, get him on Facetime." So <laughs> no, that was not once. Nobody ever said that. I guess we forgot about you. Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. Back in your life on this first week of November 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. That man over there is Daniel Cormier, the one and only DC. I'm Hawani, Ariel Hawani in DC. I got to say, it's looking very festive wherever you are right now. I mean, this is a beautiful scene right here. You've got the, what is that? The Christmas stuff? I don't know what you, you guys Actually, call it. Actually, you know, when in the back, you if you pay attention, Ariel. Yes. These are pumpkins. Oh. You know, pumpkins. These are pumpkins. It's the holiday season. And uh, it's beautiful. My sister, yeah, my sister did a great job of decorating the mantle and the fireplace here. So, yeah, it's nice. So uh, you are continuing your trend of joining us from all over the world. Uh, we, well, we had Las Vegas last week, two weeks ago was Abu Dhabi. Now you're in your home state of Louisiana? I'm in Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah, man, at home. Uh, had some stuff I had to take care of down here. Last minute, you know, things to deal with family and got down here. And I said, you know what? Regardless of what's happening, I'm not missing the show. Remember, we talked about it being, you know, thing number one here. And uh, for me, so I was able to uh, bring all my stuff and make sure that I could do the show from Louisiana. I'm excited about Lafayette, D.C. joining us today. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like it's best. a different kind of D.C. Do we? What kind of gumbo are we having? What, what, what's I, mean, for I, haven't, I haven't had gumbo yet, but I'm excited to go. As soon as the show's done, I'm going out to my favorite place in town, get a plate lunch. A plate lunch is uh, you go into the store. It's like a bit of a, con- it's like a convenience store. Like mm-hmm. the batteries are right here. So right next to the batteries, there's like a kitchen. You know, so I'll go get some food, get me a plate lunch and, and uh, get some food. But yeah. Hey, this is for Dustin. Though. Hey, Dustin. Oh, when you say, oh, DC, he's a guy, you know, he's from California. Now I'm at my residence in Lafayette, right? Like, so I'm not this. I have a residence in Lafayette. So don't even act like I don't have a home here too now. So yes, this is my, this is home for me. So now Dustin can't go always from California. No, this is from the home in Lafayette. By the way, how far are you from where Dustin lives? Like, is there a chance you guys walk by each other no, down the block? Dustin, stays, no. Dustin doesn't live on this side of town anymore. He lives on oh. the South side. Dustin's, Dustin's bougie up. now. 
So Dustin's moved to the southern part of town. We grew up on the north side, right? So when you make it and you purchase a home, you know, do you stay where you were raised and lived, like D.C., or do you move to the south side oh. area. Ooh, Dustin lives next to Whole Foods. Yeah, you'll not find the Whole Foods on my side of town, you know? Dustin Jefferson over here, right? Oh, moving Justin, on up. hey, Dustin, he's moving on up. <laughs> Dustin's moving on up to the south side. Dustin and Jolie Porter. Justin and Dustin and Jolie Poirier, you know? Two kids from the north side have moved on up. Look at him. I'm so proud of him. So Sellouts. cute. I got to <laughs> tell you something. Before it's all said and done, my time here on Earth... My dream, one of my dream, like if you ask me for a bucket list, I'm giving you top five, top 10 things. It's to go to Lafayette with you and have one of these plates because it just seems like good living over there. I've only been, I've only been to the state of Louisiana once in my life, believe it or not. Last year when I was doing sideline, you know, Pelicans against Mavericks <laughs> and all that. So it was a good trip. The but I want to go to Lafayette with you. We master the simple things down here in Lafayette, Louisiana is the best. Lafayette, yeah. not Lafayette. What did I say? Lafayette. 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 Lafayette, yeah, Lafayette, Louisiana. All right. Okay, well, it's good to see your face, smiling, happy as ever. Uh, We have a lot to discuss on today's program, but first let us start with the spider, Anderson Silva. On Saturday, he fought Uriah Hall, 45 years old, looked good early on, eventually loses in the fourth round via TKO. And for the second straight week, we have an emotional UFC main event where there's crying involved and there's hugs and there's all kinds of, you know, liquids coming out of people. I mean, it was a very, very, you know, emotional scene afterwards. And uh, even the post-fight interview, <laughs> I was, I wanted to... <laughs> I wanted to... I tried to ignore it, but I can't. Like, I bet like mucus and tears and some liquids, you know. What are you talking about? Anyway. Uh... The fact that you're even saying, like, I'm like, I'm trying to ignore it. I'm like, the last two weeks in the row, we've had emotional fights. There's liquids coming out of people. Like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right now, I have tears going. <laughs> this is crazy, dog. I was like, I'm trying. I tried to keep a straight face, but could not. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, what did you make of? <laughs> oh my. Goodness. What did you make of the whole scene on Saturday with Anderson? It was very emotional. It was very sad. I was emotional on Saturday morning. Like when I woke up, I was like, man, it's been like a rough year for for the. It's been a rough year. Think about this. 2020. You have. Uh, Habib, myself, Anderson, and Henry Cejudo. Mm. So looking at Anderson and, and knowing going in there, he's saying it's going to be the end of his UFC, at least UFC career. It, it makes you kind of sad because for Anderson Silva was the guy, honestly, that made me go, wow, you know, this dude's different. He's different. You know, and I, I talked about this last week where I said I was in Philadelphia, but it's like, he just was like almost like a rock star, you know, and everybody in the world knew Anderson Silva. So for his time to be done in this thing was was very sad. And then to see him lose in the way that he did was awful. But I've always said this, even when I had this retirement date of 40 years old, I was like, most of our heroes, how do they go out? How do they go out? On their back, right? right? And unfortunately, Anderson, again, now he's one of those guys too. You know, he has to go out on the loss like that unless somehow he finds a place to fight. And uh, he recreates one more memory. So we don't have to remember him uh, being knocked out by Uriah Hall. It's like, it's, uh, it was sad to see him like that. But once again, one of our heroes goes out in the same way that most of them do. 
So here's the thing. Uh, he does have one fight left on his UFC deal, but it seems very clear they've decided to to part ways. Now, he said this was my final day in the UFC, but he stopped short at saying I'm done. Even in a subsequent Instagram post on Sunday, still didn't say this is it for me. There's two big differences between his story and the ones that you just mentioned. You, Sahudo, Habib. You guys, I know you lost to Stipe, but you went out on top, right? Like you're fighting for the belt. It was a decision. It was a close fight. Sahudo won. Khabib won. This is yeah. different, right? He, you know, he hasn't won, you know, a, a real like decisive victory. He hasn't had one of those since 2012 when he beat Stefan Bonner, believe it or not. Ooh. But DC, it is worth noting this. Like these are his last fights. Uriah Hall okay. fights everybody hard. Number 10, Uriah Hall. Prior to that, Jared Cannonier got injured. Okay, but Cannonier was fighting in a number one contender fight. Izzy, prior to that, beats Derek Brunson. Close fight. Some people thought he lost, but still Brunson was highly ranked. DC on three days notice, you. Michael Bisping, super close fight. Nick Diaz won, but then turned to a no contest. And then the two Weidman fights. He's not fighting bums, and he's not getting embarrassed. And by the way, enough isn't made of this, DC. In 2013, I remember it vividly. When he broke his leg against Chris Weidman, we thought he was done then. The guy lasted seven more years after that, right? It's and amazing. fought the best of the best. And fought yes. the best of the best. So that's the thing, right? Anderson is Anderson. And it's like, as when you're a legend like that, if I decide to go back and fight, say I say I want to fight again, I wouldn't get some random dude. I'd get the best guys in the division. It's like, you don't get those types of fights. Even if you aren't the person that you were before, you still have to fight at that level. Because what is it to put Anderson Silva in there with a new guy? Like, it doesn't work. He will always get those fights unless he goes somewhere else and you know we make so much money it's like you got to justify the fight being in a big enough spot for us to be taking up so much of the the uh the budget for these these fight cards um he doesn't get easy fights and he never will but like you said earlier you know we're all fighting for championships and he's fighting on a fight night you know against one of the highest ranked guys in the world but it's like this is Anderson Silva. This guy was a rock star at one point, and you would hope that at 45, you know, like, th- this is it. But I thought McGregor had a really interesting post about the fight. He was like, we don't know what's in a person's heart in terms of competition. Go find someone. And he, I think he alluded to finding the right type of fights for Anderson at 45 because they are out there. Right. There are guys fighting out there that he can compete with. Uh, Unfortunately, he cannot compete at the level that's expected in the UFC right now. So it's going to be on him to uh, decide what he wants to do and on the UFC to allow him to go and pursue that. Because Connor was kind of right. It's like you don't tell if a guy has it in his heart to compete, then I guess he gets to compete. What would you like to see him do? I'd like to see him stop. I mean, I'd like to see him stop, if I'm being honest. Because if he goes and fights somewhere else, it's like he's fighting somewhere else now. When everything that we have come to learn about Anderson and everything that the spider was UFC related. Mm -hmm. And I always think that as our legends go on and they get done and they go to other organizations, I think it changes things a little bit. Like Fedor never came to the UFC. So all the Fedor intrigue was always surrounding what could have been. So it doesn't matter if he goes to Bellator, Strikeforce, Ryzen, um, Sengoku, all them things that he wrote that he fought in. It didn't matter, right? That was what he did, pride. Um, 
M1 Global. It didn't matter. It was never in the UFC. I think Anderson is so tied to the organization that you want to see his fights there. And then when it's done, be done there, like not somewhere else. Selfishly, I'd like for him to stop. I hope he's not fighting for money. I hope he's made enough money and more importantly, invested his money the right way. You, you hope that these fighters, especially the legends, aren't sticking around because they feel like they don't have enough money or didn't, you know, spend their money the right way. Mm-hmm. But here's the biggest, I'm happy you brought up Fyodor Emelianenko. I'm happy you mentioned him. You know, it's, it's actually Fyodor. That's oh, what the Russian fans you, you, You're Michael Chiesa now. You want to correct my pronunciation? <laughs> it's I got a friend. Hey, I got a friend that pronounces better than you, John Annick. So that's right. John, Annick John, is John the pronounces goat. better than you. So it's like everybody has somebody better. So chill. Uh, Annick is the goat when it comes to pronunciations. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But here's the thing. Remember, Fyodor was getting knocked out in like 45 seconds by Hendo. He was getting knocked out by Ryan Bader. It was getting sad mm-hmm. with Fyodor, right? With 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 Anderson, it's still not happening. Do you see? Beginning of that fight, he's winning. He's looking pretty darn good for a 45-year-old. So I don't feel like he's done. I, I feel like he's going to look at the beginning of that fight, rightly or wrongly, and say, I still got some left in me. Maybe I'll go to one Bellator. Maybe I'll call old Chael P and run it back for a third time. There are fights left out for him, and I feel like he's going to stick around. Bro, but that's the thing. That's what we do. I talked to you about this with, yeah. with, with us. You squint, yeah, and you go, oh, man, I remember that guy that held the two championships. I remember that guy that beat these dudes and went through the fires. I remember when Anderson looks at himself, he goes, I remember what I did to Chris Levin and Rich Franklin. And he, that guy I saw early looks like him. But then as time goes, bro, I don't like to agree with Jones. But I saw a tweet from the night of my fight. He goes, wow, as the fight has gone on, look at DC's boxing defense kind of slip. Right? It's like that's what happens as you get older. That right hand that landed would not have hit Anderson back in the day. It just wouldn't have. Yeah. Right? And, it, and if it did, it wouldn't have floored him. I hit him hard. So maybe Uriah Hall just hits a lot harder than the guys that hit him prior. But he would have seen that. And you're right. He will look at it and go, oh, man, I was doing really good. Because that's what you do as an athlete. Right? Drew Brees doesn't throw the ball downfield as much as he used to. Because he can't. Even though he's great and he still is accurate. He chooses the safe throw. Because he doesn't want to take the risk of doing it down the field. But when he does, occasionally, he probably goes, you know what? I can still get the ball down there. And it's like, that's what you do as a high-level athlete. And I think Anderson's going to do that. And I don't know if that's the case. But you're right. There are fights out there. Chael. But will Chael fight? Chael doesn't want to seem to want to no, fight. I, I mean, was just kidding about that. But I will say. That. Like, there are guys. But there are guys. Like, but do you want to see him fighting in Bellator or in one FC? Like I don't know. I want to be very clear. I hope yeah. he stops. Forty five. Like you shouldn't be fighting at forty five. I mean, Forty five years old going into an octagon fighting is crazy. Yeah. No. 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 I hope he stops. Truly, I hope he stops. I just don't know if he'll stop. Is what I'm saying. I don't believe that he's done. I believe that the reason why he is being sort of vague about all this is because he is. He not wants done. to continue to do it. He's uncertain yes. about something. Some, yes. There's some uncertainty in him somewhere that doesn't allow him to be definitive about him being done. Look, man, the only person, not many people get to do it that long. Tom Brady's doing it right now, which is absurd. Yeah, Breeze at 41 is still playing really well. The second greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan, averaged 20 points a game at 40 years old. Like certain guys can do it, but it's not for everybody. And for Anderson – to have competed at the level that he's competed at for so long and still in main events at 45 should be enough. 
And how dare you say that? I, I heard what you said about <laughs> wait, what? How, how dare you say that? Unless, unless you're talking about like Wilt or Bill Russell, how dare you? How dare you say that about MJ? I mean, really, well, he, I, well, I just the, gave him props. He averaged 20 points a game at 40. A kid like, that's of, like the 70s, 80s, 90s should not be talking about MJ like that. Like, that's just sacrilege. No, I'm saying MJ, yes, I know, but you said second greatest of all time. Well, he is. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. We had this discussion <laughs> off air. We had discussion at the beginning of the quarantine. I told you you didn't want to listen, but now you have finally come to realize that the discussion needs to be had. But not many guys get to do it that good, and Anderson did. True or false, do you hurt your legacy as a fighter? Because let's be honest, everyone wants to go out like Habib did, right? And we'll get oh. to Habib, of course, later I on. I chased everyone, that. Yeah. I chased it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. And, and and I'll still, I mean, you didn't get that last victory, but I mean, you're fighting for the belt. How many people fight for the belt in their retirement fight? But that's fair. Everyone wants to go out like GSP did, right? Yes. Madison Square Garden. Uh, do you hurt your legacy? Because I would argue BJ Penn severely hurt his legacy. I would I argue Fyodor hurt his legacy. I'll argue that Anderson is hurting his legacy. And we're not even talking about the PEDs. Do you hurt your legacy when at the end of the day, there's eight straight losses? On the because because I think there are people watching right now who are like, what's the big deal about Anderson Silva? They don't remember that guy anymore. That's no, sad. You're right. Hey, you're right, Ariel. You, man, dude, you're on point today. Like you really had this discussion. You really you really went like and thought about this discussion. You're right. You're absolutely right because when these young kids, I saw something the other day. I don't know what it was on on Twitter, but it was it caught my eye. Right, and all the mentions you caught, some catches your eye, and one. Some kids were talking about, it was Anderson, about the fight. I put that picture of him and I hugged him. And these kids were talking about, I didn't even know DC and Anderson fought. Oh, geez. But then they're like, the oh, big God. deal about Anderson and this, this dude, the kid's like, I didn't know this. And the guy's like, no, that was like five, four or five years ago that a kid was like, well, I'm 21 now. And he's like, I was like 14. And I really kind of got into the sport a couple years ago, but or a few years ago. But if he didn't remember that from 16, he has no idea, right. 2009, 10, 11. So when he sees a 45-year-old man walking out there, he sees all these highlights and goes, wow. But that Anderson from then was never a part of his real reality. So all he knows of Anderson Silva is getting beat by uh, Uriah Hall, which Uriah Hall is a good fighter. But you and I both know that 10 years ago, he, had, he was not beating Anderson Silva. No. Right? So it's like... That's the thing. You're losing fights to guys that you would not have lost to uh, in your prime, and it would not have been close. Like, it, And I'm not even – Uriah Hall is a good fighter. Most guys are. But it was proven you couldn't beat Anderson Silva. Nobody did. So it's not a knock on him. Nobody beat Anderson Silva. Nobody beat Fedor. Fedor was unbeatable. But then you watch him get knocked out by Ryan Bader? Like Ryan Bader. Or you see him get beaten – uh, who who beat him in ten seconds? Was it Matt Mitrione or something like that? Uh, no, that was a little different. Um, that that was not not that short, but uh, Hendo. Yeah, Dan Henderson knocked him out, but that's fine. Like that's Dan Henderson, right? Dan could knock anybody out, and you never know if back in the day Dan could have competed with Fedor because Dan and Pride sure. was the man, right? Yeah. Double champ, all that. But didn't he lose to Matt Mitrione? Too? He did, he did, but it wasn't ten seconds. But yes, he did lose in the first round. It was a crazy like double knockdown, and right. The, yep. So like, would he have lost to Matt Mitrione back in the day? Right. Yeah. That it's like so it's like all these like you're losing to these guys and these guys are taking these losses with them and 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 these wins with them these victories over these legends and it's it's actually really sad. 
Yeah, it's a crazy thing in the fight game how quickly things move along. I was talking to a couple of neighbors of mine, uh, Dash and Ben. These guys are huge MMA fans. They love the show, so shout out to them. And they're like, oh, what's the big deal about this guy? They're, they're early 20s, mid-teens. And I'm trying to explain to them, like, Forrest Griffin. I'm trying to explain to them Vitor Belfort and, and Okami fight and all this stuff. But, you know, the, the sport evolves. There's so much going on. I have to say, though, it was sad. And then the the ending was heartwarming. And you have Uriah Hall there apologizing to the guy, you know, what, what a moment that was apologizing to him. And I understand why he was apologizing. I hope that didn't affect his actual game plan because sometimes we've seen, you know, people fight others who they look up to. I think of Pat Barry and Mirko Krokop and they're like a little gun shy, but that was just kind of a surreal scene. Like in what other sport do you see that? It was almost, you know what it was reminiscent and shout out to my guy, Jedi Goodman for bringing this up. It was Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. Like he's Ooh. crying. He didn't want to kill him. Right. And it was exactly that moment in real life. Remember that? Yeah, hey, it was Shawn that. Goes, boom, super kick right to the side of the face. It was, he took the, oh, dude, heartbreaking. I was watching that match with Ric Flair and going, oh, my God, he's going to make Ric Flair retire. Even though they've had so many retirement matches, right? Yeah. Like, it was like, this is the one because Shawn Michaels did it so well. Bro, watching Uriah Hall weeping in the octagon afterwards, like in his corner, like on his knees, it was so like, it was, it was a powerful moment in a sense also because of who we thought Uriah Hall was going to be when he left the ultimate fighter. So it was almost like the perfect way. If you have to go out on a loss, right? Lost to the guy that everybody thought was going to be you lost to the guy that, that everybody thought it was so closely. You guys are so similar. Um, I don't know if it's it's a better way, but you're right. Like there was a lot of honor in that. In Uriah Hall, you could see that it was real. You could see that Uriah Hall meant everything as he was speaking to Anderson. But you know, again, it's just a hard thing to see our idols get carted off like that. And I'm not te- not technically, but like Anderson Silva, you know, he's gone. Yeah. And, but the reality is, like honestly, like if I'm being honest, man, like. You, as an athlete, especially a fighter with the mentality, man, love the love the gesture from Uriah. But if you're Anderson, Anderson Silva's thinking to himself, man, thank you. But I don't necessarily need it. Kick my dead corpse off to the side and just move me out of the way, right? Don't weep for me, right? Don't weep for me. I'm a fighter. I'm going to get through this because I know that – if that would have happened to me, if Stephen would have knocked me out, man, throw my corpse off the side of a bridge somewhere and let me move on. Mm. I don't need to be honored in that way in terms of from the, the competition. It's just a fighter's mentality. And I'm sure Anderson appreciated it, but in hindsight will be like, forget this, man. Like, just throw me out, the, throw me out to the river, throw me out the pasture, you know, get rid of me and let me rebuild myself. But I think yeah. Uriah loved him so much that he couldn't help himself. It's like when someone beats another guy and they, they they pick up that guy and put him on the show. And the guy's like, can you leave me alone? Can you let me have hey, my moment? Throw me, throw me out the pasture, dog. Take me out behind the woodshed, you know? Right. Oh, yell at me. Oh, yell at me, dog. You remember what happened to old yeller? <laughs> uh, I believe they shot him, right? Yeah. Take yeah. me out the pasture, dog. I'm an old man. I'm done. I'm an old man. I'm done. I'm good. And by the way, can I just say one thing about, about Mr. Uriah Hall? Like, I hope this moment takes some load off his shoulders, some mm-hmm. sort of pressure off his shoulders. 
this guy is too mad at the world, man. Uriah Hall, life is too short. I saw your media day on Wednesday. I think it was like mad at the media, blaming everyone, just upset. I get it. You're cutting weight, although it was Wednesday, not Thursday. Why are you so mad, Uriah Hall? Like things are going well for you, my man. Stop being so mad. Uriah and I had an incident on the phone once. And then when we got face to face, we talked and he kind of explained like the pressures that he's dealing with. This young man deals with a lot of pressure. And you know what, Ariel? Not everybody's built to go through it. You know, this is what he does. You know, fighting is what he does. So a lot of times Uriah Hall has to make sacrifices in order to get to the fight that he might not really enjoy or like. You know, and is that some bad luck? He went to Jacksonville, was supposed to fight, didn't get to fight. Uh, lived in the gym all that time. You know, so much was made about that before the fight. So there's some things in his life where I could see why Uriah Hall's mad. But you're right. Life's short, man. And I mean, we cannot live with, with just anger. It just drags you down. Uh, so it was an emotional main event. It was a fun card overall. Bryce Mitchell with a big win. Very excited about his uh, new camo shorts. Kevin Holland with a nice win. Going back and forth with Izzy, who happened to be in attendance. Alex Hernandez, Justin Kobe. Uh, a bunch of nice performances, yes? Bryce is all, hey, and when you get a chance, would you tell Tyler Diamond I said hello? <laughs> I mean, that's so Bryce Mitchell, dude. When you, hey, hey, Andre, Andre, and when you see Tyler Diamond, would you tell him I said hello? I'm like, Bryce, there are cell phones. There are so many ways to get in contact with Tyler Diamond. Like, so you're telling me Bryce Mitchell has not spoken to Tyler Diamond since the show? I mean, what? Can you tell Tyler Diamond I said hello? Andre feels is like, yo, now I work for you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You just beat me. Like, you actually just beat me. Now I work for you. Like, come on. That's Bryce. Dude, that's Bryce, man. What a character. He's awesome. He's awesome, bro. He's awesome. And he does. He he can grapple like no one else. Like, mm-hmm. he has gotten so good, man. Him and his coaches have done a fantastic job. He likes to cook him to the bone, as he likes to to say. Every time I have chicken and it falls off, I think of Bryce Mitchell because he likes to cook it to the bone. He said, he said, he said, Bryce goes, hey, when I'm going to get my camo shorts? And he pushed and pushed and pushed and actually made him. That's surprising. In the words of your friend, Luke Rockhold, he, he. Hey, dude, don't do that. What? Don't do that. Don't do that. I know exactly. Don't do that. Don't (laughs) do that. Don't do that. I mean, it. Bisman killed him. <laughs> Bisman killed him when he said that. Leave my boy alone, man. All right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Thank you. Thank you. Whoops. All right. As I just broke it. Just Don't kidding. break it, man. No, Come no, no. on, man. Dave, you are such a clumsy dude. You're gonna drop the you're gonna drop the bobblehead? No, no, no we're good. Surface. We're good. You should raffle this off. Since you want to drop and break it, raffle it no, off. No, no, no. Maybe I will. I'll sign it and raffle it off. Now we have to talk about some big news. Last week on the program, you said to the world, Habib is done. 
I know my brother. He is whole, done. And we had a whole second line for Habib's career. You know what a second line is in New Orleans? The music and the dancing. They carried the casket. Yes. I mean, we had a second line. We were dancing. And then three days later, Dana White says, well, I've been talking to him. <laughs> and I think he's uh, he's coming back for number 30. What do you make of this? Do you have an update? Have you talked to Habib? The only thing I said to Habib was, brother, you have the shortest retirement in history. <laughs> like, you have retired for three days. He's like, I said, brother, you retired for three days. You know, but, um, you know, we didn't get much into it. We laughed about it a little bit. and, and But you know what, man? I, I think that if you're Dana White, you're saying what you need to, you know? Hope that that's what Habib wants to do. I, I You know, the thing is this, man. I take people for their word. And like, I want Habib to feel comfortable talking to me and, 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 um, I don't want him to feel like whenever we're talking, I'm trying to find things for my show. I know it's a weird, right? spot. you know what I'm saying? It's a bit of a balancing act. Right. So it's like, we have conversation that I don't want to always say, but like, I think if you're Dana White in the UFC, you're hopeful that that's what Habib wants to do. But like I said last week, if Habib Nurmagomedov gives his word, generally that's a, that's a, that's a fact. Now, would I be surprised with the economic um, impact that a fight that he could have would would bring that would bring him back? No, I mean, and I would not judge him for that if he came back. He's thirty two years old, for God's sake, and he can still beat everybody in the world. So, um, but you know, there are things that if he says it's his word, I take him at that. Can I ask you this? I don't want you to reveal because I was thinking about that, especially when you you told the story last week about you know, him not going for the armbar against Gaethje, which, by the way, ended up blowing up and, and got this show everywhere. So I thank you for that. But I know that he's your friend, too. I mean, yeah. I, to be honest, I've had to deal with it with you over the years. Like, you have told me things, and 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 I don't reveal them on every show that I go on. So I respect that very much. Can I just ask, a week later, have you softened your stance? Like, at this point, mm-hmm. is it, you still think he's know. done? I still think, like I said, I know Habib as a man of his word. And I believe that if he says he's done, he's done. But like I said, Dana White knows more than I do. Yeah. So because again, I'm not trying to talk to Habib in that way. We're, we're, we want to talk as friends. Right. I spoke to him about one of the guys from AKA being out in Dagestan training for a long time. I was like, when did he go? So we talked about that. We talked about our family. We talked about how life has been since he went home. Like, that's it. Like, that's the stuff that I want to talk to him about more than always. Um, How's the fight? Because guess what? For eight years, we did that. A lot of our conversations centered around when's your next title defense or when's your next title defense. Now, it's easy. Two retired guys. I want to talk to him about golf. I was like, you golf? You Does know, he? like things like that. Does he golf? Actually, he didn't answer me. Okay. I didn't, he never responded on the golf. <laughs> that would be interesting. But okay, so like what, about, what about this? Dana White said they're not taking the belt away, that he's still the champ. No, that's, that's interesting, smart. right? I think that's smart. Right. Yeah. I think that's smart and that speaks to the value that Habib has. And not again, it's so hard to discuss these things because you almost end up like insulting people when you don't want to. Henry Cejudo said he was done the same night they announced Piotr Jan was going to fight somebody for that They're time. Like, hey, Henry, get yeah. out of the way. Are you sure? Hey, Henry, yeah. <laughs> are you sure? Like, I mean, I, this is not. You don't do that to Habib Nurmagomedov. You sit and hope. You wait. You sit and wait. And hope, like Dana said, he was very emotional, bro. You could see it. It all came out of him. So you sit and you wait and you hope that the stance changes and you do get that 38 fight. 
The truth is they don't have to make a decision right now. Heck, they don't even have to make a decision until January. Like the, the real time to make the decision. Don't, you don't have to make a decision in January. You can well, wait. I think you can wait till next summer. After well, I'm saying if you want to make Connor versus Poirier or Connor's next fight for the belt, that's when you probably have to decide. And if that one isn't for the belt, you're probably not going to do it for, the, for another title fight for a year, right? Like you're probably just going to wait a year. But, but reality is this though, right? With the way that things have gone, right? With the pandemic and everything. Habib was going to fight in April, but he mm-hmm. didn't fight until October. Didn't, nobody was yelling, take the belt from him. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you got time in regards to Habib Nurmagomedov. And if you want, I mean, if push comes to shove and he needs more time, create another interim title. And then he just beats the interim champion. Like that's exactly what's happened the last couple of times, right? As he was hurt, recovering a couple of years ago, Dustin Max fought for the interim championship. He fought Dustin, beat Dustin. This year, fight got canceled because of the pandemic. Tony and Justin fought for the interim title. He beat Justin. So, like, if push comes to shove, you know, and, and you know, for me, everybody hates the interim championship. But for me, because Habib's such a big star, when that guy becomes interim champ, Dustin Poirier, he made more money that night than he'll ever make because right. now he shares on the pay-per-view. Yep. Justin Gaethje made more money than he'll ever make because now he shares on the pay-per-view as a belt holder. So I'm all for it if they do that. You know, those guys are getting their money. I just think it's hilarious how quickly they took the belt away from Henry and even that John Jones. Even John we, also Jones. All, we also all thought that that was a, that was a negotiating ploy, right? Yeah. Like everybody thought that was a negotiating ploy for Henry and nobody thought that's what Habib Nurmagomedov was doing. Everybody thought, wow, we didn't see this coming. So this must be real. And I believe it is. So now we're going to try to see what happens with, you know, the lightweight, like the whole week we're deciding, okay, is it going to be a tournament? Is it going to be this? Meanwhile, they're like, yeah, yeah, you can take all the time you want. We respect you. We respect your decision. We hope that you come back. And, uh, and here we have Connor and Poirier getting ready to fight. And Connor says 155. So that is good news. Although Dana White told the media, he thinks it's done. DC, I'm here to tell you it's not done. It's not signed. There are no bout agreements. I wonder if I'm, again, I think you said it last week. If I'm Poirier, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. They try to pull the switcheroo and do Connor versus Gaethje, right? And make that a number one contender fight or even an interim title fight, right? Because you said, yes. Well, could you I, imagine, though? Could you imagine if, if McGregor gets a hold of the interim championship and now you go to Habib and go, hey, you know, October, Abu Dhabi, you McGregor again. Oh, God. Whole loads of money. Because now if you're Habib, right, and you walked away, you could say, I want more. There's a good chance you'll probably get more, you know, because that's a home run. It's a home run, you and McGregor. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But if anybody gets – and I'm starting to get worried about that. Mm-hmm. Because if you do the switcheroo, last week I put Connor out. But if you're Dustin, you're starting to get a little bit worried. I think a lot of people – forgot the fact that the reason why Poirier versus Ferguson didn't happen was because Poirier wanted a bump. And then when the Connor thing materialized, like I said, he, he, on Twitter, he was very eager, but what happens when they call him behind the scenes, they were still not calling him. Right. And they say, yo, are you in? He's still going to want a bump. You know what I mean? Like it's the stance hasn't changed. We're talking about a month later. If they, if they have Gaethje ready to go, it's let's be honest. Connor's the draw here, right? I'd love to see Poirier Connor. I hope they make that fight. Poirier deserves it. But if you have Gaethje in the background, right, ready to ready go, to pull too. he doesn't have the leverage that he thinks he has potentially. And that's, I that's the problem. That I just think that as a fighter, you can't negotiate your way out of these fights. 
Right. And I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know if maybe uh, Dustin and Connor and the UFC have already started to come to terms in terms of money. You don't know how I don't know how far along they are in the process, but Dustin may have gotten what he wants already. You don't know. Like, we don't know that. So we have to wait and see what materializes. But here's the deal. Um, my boy in Lafayette, I will start calling the UFC and starting to try to get some answers in terms of how how and where do we get where we're trying to go? Because you want to be in that fight come January. You want you want to be the guy standing opposed McGregor in January. If you're him, if you're Gaethje, if you're Ferguson, it don't matter who it is at 155, you want to be on that opposite side because the reality is this. If there is going to be a stripping of Nurmega Medoff and putting the championship on the line, it's probably going to involve McGregor, even though right. I do believe it should be Dustin versus Justin. I will also say this. I think Connor wants it to be Poirier. I think there's a lot of personal bad blood between him and Gaethje. Remember Gaethje said some things about him as a dad and stuff like it got really kind of ugly between them. Um, so I wonder if that's something in Poirier's favor. If McGregor's saying, no, 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 I'm only coming back to fight this guy, then the UFC will have to figure out how to make that deal. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, DC, this is fascinating. A few weeks ago, we were talking about after the Izzy Costa fight, what's going to happen? Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Robert Whitaker? Then after the Robert Whitaker fight against uh, Jared Cannonier, oh, it's going to be Whitaker. He's won two in a row. And who was sitting in this chair, in this spot, telling you that it's going to be Izzy versus Jan, that it could have even been in December, but Jan's having a baby. And everyone's like, Izzy versus Jan. How does that make sense? And what does Dana White say over the weekend? I spoke to Izzy. We tried to make the Whitaker fight. He has no interest. We're doing Izzy versus Jan. Izzy is moving up to 205 and going after the belt, the belt that John Jones just vacated. And now he's saying, oh, yeah, John, I'm going to go take your belt as well. I mean, <laughs> can, can I get some credit? Give yourself credit. But last week, we also said it's not a great look for Izzy to go up now. Like, okay. we just talked about this. Like, we talked about this last week. Look, I love it. I love it. I love it for the fact that if Izzy wins, it does lock him into that Jones fight. That, does it though? Does it? It kind of locks him into the Jones fight unless he goes back to 85 like Amanda and just kind of goes between divisions defending. But even if he goes back to 85, when he comes back to 205, it will be Jones. And I think that's why I love this fight so much. But, hey, I'm not just going to go and look past Jan Bohovic, man. I've yeah. seen Jan Bohovic do some insane stuff lately, and he can put anybody out. And if he gets a hold of Adesanya, Adesanya's going to be in trouble. But the reality is this. Who gets a hold of Adesanya? I think Adesanya's as good as they come in the entire world. Wait a second. Are you saying that Izzy is biting up more than he could chew? Is he looking at Yana as, as an easy fight, and that's why he's moving up now? Is this GSP a lot of going? People, I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people look at the 205-pound division. I've heard, dude, in Fight Island and other places, as I had conversations, so many people believe that the belt at 205 is going to start to kind of just switch hands. They don't believe that there's a guy that's going to just hold on to it. I don't know if that's the case. Bohovic seems to be getting better, and, and he's beating guys more and more impressively. So 
Um, it's a tough fight. Look, man, I think it's crazy how much success guys going up have had in those higher divisions, right? Me beating Stipe the first time and all that. But in Bellator, Gegard Musasi just beats up on these little dudes. Every time the little dudes go up to 85, he yeah. beats them up, right? So you don't know what's going to happen whenever you get a person going up in weight to try to challenge the champion at the division higher. 20 pounds is a big jump. Uh, Izzy has fought at, at a higher weight, so he's used to it. Let me just lay out the scenario like this, DC. So Whitaker wins, right? And they say, okay, it's appealing. Now, as I told you, it's not appealing to Izzy. And to be honest, I don't disagree. He just beat him a year ago and it was fairly one-sided. It's going to be hard to get excited for that fight. And I do want to throw out one thing. I spoke to Whitaker last week, so mm-hmm. I would know. The way it was painted on Saturday night from Dana White was he doesn't want the Izzy fight. Whitaker never said that. He never said it to me or anyone else. He just said, I'm not going to campaign for it. I'm not going to sit here and yes. beg for it. My my wife is pregnant. She's giving birth in January. So he never, I, I don't want people, like Whitaker's the nicest guy in the world. I don't want people to say like he doesn't want Izzy or doesn't want the belt because he really never said that. But if he's having a baby, right? If his wife is having a baby in January and Izzy wants to fight in February, the timing just doesn't work out. So what's the next best option? It's Darren Till versus Jack Hermanson. But DC, that fight is happening in December, right? So the timing doesn't really work out because Izzy wants to be active and he wants to fight in February. The winner of that fight's not going to turn around that quickly and fight Israel. So I agree with the notion, hey, there's nothing going on that's interesting for Izzy right now. Let him do something fun. Let him move up, right? And oh, Jan, okay, maybe there aren't some big money matchups for him. I get that. But DC, if there's nothing going on for Izzy right now and we want to move up, why don't you just do Izzy versus John Jones right now? Why don't you do that fight? Isn't that but, but it, it makes sense? It makes sense. But I love the slow build. I love the slow build. Like I've told you this time and time again, I love the the dancing around the fight actually happening. So I don't hate it so much. And it does build intrigue if you can put a title on the line, which you don't need. Jones at a sign. You don't need but, a belt for that. But if Izzy can win. I think it adds something to it if you can put the belt on the line. Okay, so Izzy moves up, gets the belt, and says, hey, John, look at me. I just got your belt. Do we believe that John – okay, so John knows the game. Izzy just told this to Submission Radio. He said, this is the biggest troll move to John. I go up there and take his belt after he just vacated. But then John's not going to reciprocate as he's moving up the heavyweight and go, ah, let me just sit right – You know, let me come back down to – he's going to be like, okay, have fun with the loser belt is what he's going to say. Have fun with the paper title. That's what he's going to say. He's going to try to diminish that and say, I never lost it. That's not the real chance. And, and I'm not going to come down and entertain you. It's going to be this – basically what I'm trying to say is the Izzy John fight isn't going to happen. I feel like this is going to go it's down as go one of these – round and around and around until they meet in the middle. But when? Izzy's – We are in line for a bunch of insults, a bunch of pity, <laughs> pity, pity actions. A bunch of gibbering and jabbering. One guy going, John Jones going, I'm not going to give him the time of day, but then doing exactly that, giving him the time of day. Izzy just continuing to poke and prod, poke and prod, poke and prod. And eventually, boom, they'll end up fighting. Well, you know, Internet Izzy is returning next week because he's in Vegas and has to quarantine again because he's there to uh, to corner his good friend Carlos Alberg, who is fighting on the Contender Series on, on Wednesday. So he's going to go back to Internet Izzy in a couple of days and we'll get him for two weeks in quarantine again. So it will probably come then. All I'm trying to say is, why would John Jones come down to fight Izzy if he's already on his way to heavyweight? If Stipe and Ngannou meet in March, which appears to be the case, then hopefully the winner is ready to go against John Jones in the late so summer. Jones, when and who does Jones fight in the time being? Who's Curtis Blades fighting? 
Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis coming up. Coming up very soon. Curtis Blades win. No. Wins. I say put him and Jones together. No. Look, you have two money fights for Jones right now. You have the Izzy fight or the heavyweight title fight. Let's be honest. The last three fights were trending in the wrong direction with John Jones. I thought he lost to Dominic Reyes. You can't risk putting him in there against someone else and having him lose, and now you got no yeah, money fights. What? But then Ariel, he's not going to fight since when did he fight Dominic Reyes? February. 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 So Steve and him fight in March. Jones won't fight until July, August next year? I, mean, I know. It's a problem. Get him in there with somebody else. I That's say, why I say do the Izzy fight now. I do the Izzy fight or let him fight one of those guys. Let him fight the winner of Lewis and Blades and nah, see. Risky. Because if Curtis, well, here's the problem. Curtis Blades wins against Derek Lewis with the wrestling. And, mm-hmm. and unless De- Derek did show after we fought that his last fight, his takedown defense has gotten better. He actually was able to get back up to his feet when he got taken down. So he showed that he's improving. If he wins, if Derek Lewis wins, sit Jones. Curtis Blades wins, you let him fight, and then whoever wins goes into the title fight with a ton of momentum. Because if Jones beats Curtis Blades, he beat the toughest, scariest guy in the division outside of the champ. If he loses, now Curtis Blades just beat the supposed greatest of all time. So it now makes him legitimate and a person that's been in this, bro, we always talk about the rub. You put Curtis Blades in there. That's why if I would have, if Curtis Blades and I could have fought and he would, if he would have beat me, it would have made him, okay, you fight anybody now because you get the rub of fighting those longtime guys. I got it from Jones. I got it from Hendo. I got it from Anderson. All those guys that I fought that were higher level than me at the time, it brought my, raised my profile. And Curtis Blades needs that. I mean, he But can, you understand what you're doing here? You're basically saying Izzy John is not happening. Right now, because Izzy's fighting Jan. Now, if, When's if it going to happen? Hey, listen, if Izzy and Jan fight in January, and then February. Jones February. and Izzy, if they can fight sometimes around April, May, that kind of keeps them in line to fight in the fall against the winner of Miocic and Ghana. You got to keep him in line with the heavyweight champ, even if he's fighting at 205. Because... Risky. I believe that Jones at 235, which is what he's at in offseason, is still viable contender at heavyweight. I fought there. I've been in there with the best heavyweight. I know that he can compete with these guys. In a vacuum, I'll say, is he moving up to 205 is fun. Uh, I think it's a fun fight. It's the biggest fight that Jan could get, obviously. It's the biggest fight that you can make for Jan. Um, Izzy has nothing going on at 185, so I don't hate it because no one's being held up. You know, the division is installing as a result. All I'm saying is, I fear that we're not going to get this Izzy Jones fight as a result. Like this, what I think we're going to look back on this time and say, this was the time to make it. Mm-hmm. Their, their, their rivalry is as hot as ever. They've got nothing else. John is waiting for the heavyweight title. Izzy's waiting for a middle contender. Just make the fight. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like they're making that fight. And I, and I, I want to be clear. It's a fun fight on paper. I'm excited. But I just wish they were going with the Jones fight because that's the bigger fight. I think that, I think that, but you can't get always the bigger fight. You know, and I think... Mm-hmm. This one will be big, you know. Lahovich is not sitting there going to just sit and let, let his title get taken away. No, from. no, I know. He's going to be ready to fight, man. I think he's going to be ready to fight. And Izzy has to understand that. But Jan has to try to mix things up. He's got to wrestle a little bit. I know he's not a great wrestler. But if he has to just stand with Asanya, he's going to be in trouble. And Because as I've said on this show very recently, if you're just standing with Asanya, you're probably getting beat. So dangerous and what about the fact that in five days the fight that we thought was going to be 
the number one contender fight. Thiago Santos versus now Glover. Just not, what is it for what, now? <laughs> yeah. What is it for? Why what did they the wait? What is weekend for now? I have no idea. And, and you're can I be Thiago honest with you? Santos, you're mad. Because and Glover. You beat Glover and you got to win over the champ. You're like, this is my path to the title. Hey, how about Glover Teixeira, 41 years old? The guy reinvents himself. We thought he would never get another crack at Jones. Here he is on the cusp, and they're like seven days out. If you're one of those fighters, aren't you demoralized right now? Oh, my goodness. Well, but here's the problem. You can't even think about that. You can't start trying to think about what happens next because then you lose this weekend, and it doesn't matter what happens next. It's like you got to stay in the moment right now, even though – Everything around you is just changing because for the last eight weeks, right? Because when did Dominic, when, when did Jan win the belt? Six, seven weeks ago? Uh, no, this a month ago, uh, five weeks ago. Yeah, right. So for the last five weeks, you've been under the impression in preparation for camp that you're going out there to earn a title shot. And if you're Tiago Santos, you're yeah. like, I beat this dude before. I knocked him out. I have a way. I know I can win. I have proof that I can beat him. And now you're looking at it like, but it might not happen now because if Adesanya wins. But if you're Glover, that's who's mad. Glover yes. sure is mad because every day that passes at 41, it makes it a little bit more tougher for you to believe, achieve, or conceive there it is. the idea there it is. that you're going to be the champion of the world, you know? There it is. Yes. The timing is funny. Like, they could have waited 10 days to say that. It does feel like it took the uh, the air out of that balloon, but it's a good fight, and that's the next main event that goes down on Saturday. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. How about this, DC, as we round third here? Uh, how about the fact that last week you're out there saying, hey, Habib's gone, he's retired, AK is going to pick itself back up. We've got a new crop of guys led by Islam Makhachev, and there we go. It starts on November 14th, main event, Islam. How about that? Against and RDA. to do the mental work, too. Start to do the mental work on Islam, right? Because the other text and messaging, hey, champ, how oh. you doing? Oh, You're the best in the world. I'm good, brother. Good, brother. I said, talk a little bit. I will not call you Islam anymore. I'm only calling you champion because in your mind, in your subconscious, you have to believe that you are the man now. You're the guy that leads this new charge of fighters at AKA. And guess what? It's a natural progression. If he can get past Rafael Dos Anjos, they start to become very close to title contention. Big fight. I knew this last week. I just couldn't say it. Oh, thanks. Um, Thank you. <laughs> big fight. Massive moment for Islam. Uh, and if he can get past RDA, he's on the short list now, to start to get into contention, real contention. Because if Habib's gone, Right, Islam's what now? Twelve or thirteen. Mm -hmm. He beats RDA. He starts to creep into the top ten. Another fight against one of those guys that hey, there are a lot of guys that don't want to fight Islam Makhachev. Mm -hmm. You get into the top ten now, they can't deny you. It's the fights that need to happen. I feel like Islam's about two fights from fighting for the belt. 
I want to see him fast-tracked. Enough of this monkey business. Let's see how good he is. This is a start. Main event, five-round fight against a former champion RDA. By the way, shout-out to RDA, who fights everyone. Like, this Anybody. guy... Anybody. He he fights all the killers who are about to become champion, like at 170 and 155. The poor guy can't get an easy fight. But this is a big deal for Islam. I would love to see this fight happen. Obviously, we're hoping that it happens in less than two weeks. And then the Kevin Lee fight. Kevin Lee is, is coming back mid next year. That's the fight that we've been talking about for so long. Like, I feel like that's the natural progression, right? We go yep. from well, RDA, Kevin Lee, and then... Kevin Lee rank right now? Who knows? Silly rankings. But you think that if he goes and fights RDA, gets past RDA, I'm saying if, right? Because these yep. fights are so difficult. Then he fights Kevin Lee, and if he goes past Kevin Lee, that's enough to warrant a championship fight at that point? Well, things might get a little funky if Habib comes back, right? Because that's been the issue. Maybe but Habib comes back. Do you believe back? that if even if Habib comes back, does he stay back or does he get to 30 and he's done? Right? You don't know. It's like everything's so up in the air. Like if he retires and comes back, he might as well just stay here. Keep fighting. Kevin Lee, by the way, uh, thank you, uh, Corporate Jake and Voice of God, uh, number 10. Okay. So it makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Sort of in the What's same RDA? Is RDA still ranked right now or no? Uh, we'll get we'll get that. I know he was like four or five at one seventy just very recently. He's twelve at welterweight. Okay, okay, okay. But he's a name, former champion. It's a big deal. Kevin, Lee, you said no one wants to fight Islam, and you're right. Kevin Lee's been asking to fight Islam and Khabib. I mean, for four or five years at this point, it's unbelievable. Uh, and maybe he won't be ready. All I'm saying is this is exciting. It's good to have him in a in a main event slot. It's good to have him against a name guy. By far the biggest fight of his career. So I thought you'd be excited about that since you were yeah, literally a week ago fight. saying he was the, the, next, the next guy for AK. So no time to uh, cry about uh, the 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 potential retirement of Habib because you got Islam coming up. And, and other breaking news that we had on Saturday. Saturday was a very big uh, a news night because it was Halloween as well. I hope your family had a nice Halloween. But how about the fact that uh, they announced that the Ultimate Fighter is coming back for the 29th season on ESPN Plus beginning in March. The tryouts are November 13th. It's going to be middleweights and bantamweights. And DC, I don't know if you know this, but my sources are telling me this because they didn't announce the coaches, right? No, they didn't. Did you hear who they're considering? Who? You didn't hear? No, no idea. Oh, because you've been busy. I know. It was all over the internet. You didn't hear who they're? So, so they're, okay, so they're doing middleweights and bantamweights, so it makes a lot of sense. Coaches, March of 2021, word on the street is DC and Helwani. What do you think? Man, get out of here, man. That's no way that is as crazy an idea as I ever thought. I'm Could like, you imagine? I thought you were going to tell me some real news. <laughs> Could you imagine me and you coaching? Tell me that wouldn't break records. Tell me that wouldn't be the best season. Bro, I've coached the ultimate fighter. Like, yeah. It, hey. Why wouldn't it come back, though, right? The UFC is helping ESPN Plus in a way. I'm telling you, of the top 10 things viewed on ESPN Plus now, seven or eight of them is UFC-related or MMA-related. So it's good stuff. But what about me and you coaching? You don't like the idea? I don't know if you know what you're doing, man. I think you're going to bring me down. I did pretty good on the Ultimate Fighter. Hey, look, I beat my team won fights, but I was overtraining my athletes, so everybody kept getting hurt. We kept getting hurt beating up on Stipe's team. I was overtraining them. But um, it's gonna, I'm excited about it being back. I'm pumped about the Ultimate Fighter. I actually still watch the Ultimate Fighter. I've, I've watched it the whole time. I have no ego, so I'm the kind of coach. Like, I'm Steve Nash. I'll bring in the Mike D'Antonis of the world. I'll bring in the other That's guys. crazy, right? Like, he hired Mike D'Antoni to be his assistant. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring in. I'll bring my Amari Stoudemire. I'll bring in guys. But hey, I'll take the, the credit. That, that then they tried to take J- 
Then Daryl Morey, who is just ugh, I can't oh. stand Daryl Morey. I now mean, they're trying to they're, now they're trying to like make this narrative that they should get James Harden, bro. You don't do what these guys are trying to do right now. And Snake Stephen move. A talking about you. The first thing I'm doing is getting them over. Dude, chill. Yeah. Everybody needs to chill. Who would trade James? I, look, Ben Simmons is an absolute stud, but you don't trade James Harden for Ben Simmons. That's crazy talk. I mean, it, if you're the if you're the Rockets, if you're the Sixers, yeah, you're, you're Rockets, doing it all day. Say, no, get out of here with that crap. In any event, I think it's a good idea. Do you see in Hawani as coaches? I mean, it just seems like the natural. You you keep trying to avoid this this idea of mine for some reason. You keep trying to say like, oh, okay, you know, you're not into it. That's fine. Uh, but I'm putting it out there into the universe. Believe, <laughs> achieve, 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 or whatever it is. Uh, what is it? Uh, achieve. What is it? Why can't I not get this right? Believe, believe, achieve. There we go. I'm conceiving, believing, achieving. You can conceive it, and then you believe it, you can achieve it. Oh, whatever, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. UFC 199. I'll never forget it. Anyway, uh, Ultimate Fighter coming back. And last thing, DC, uh, what about our guy, Neil Magny? I mean, Neil Magny, I don't know if you heard this last week, on fire. Neil Magny on fire. Very mad. He's frustrated. He's disrespected. He didn't get the Hamzad fight. But, hey, I don't know how much you follow the news. Some crazy stuff happening in the world. England on lockdown. I, I'm getting worried about Leon. I'm getting worried about him being able to train and leaving. England's going on lockdown. And I'm right, not trying to... They just went back on lockdown. Thursday, it goes into effect. What's poor Leon going to do, this poor guy? Oh, my goodness. I hope, the good, I hope this does not affect Leon. If I'm Leon Edwards, I'm getting out right now, though. They need to get out right now and go somewhere. Come to the U.S. Because where's the fight happening? Vegas, I'd imagine. Right. Get to the U.S. right now where you can train. Seven weeks away from family and stuff? I mean, it doesn't matter. Guys do it all the time. Because ultimately, if you don't right now, you're going to end up stuck. Leon Edwards needs to get out of uh, England with his team and, and get somewhere where he can train effectively. But not even just train. Be able to get out of the country when it's time for him to come and fight. A weird thing going on with Leon Edwards. Imagine he loses his, uh, what, fifth big fight of uh, of 2020. And I know he's a little mad at me for things I said last week. Leon, it's out of love, bro. It's out of love, yeah. mate. I'm try- I'm looking out for you. I'm your only friend. I'm the only guy who's had your back throughout all of this. Well, I'm literally wait, the only guy. I am, the, I am his friend. stabbed him in the he back. He went on Twitter and said it. He goes, I yeah. agree with DC, Ariel. Yeah, of like, course he did. I'm his friend. chasing too. Leon. Leon, I'm the only guy. I literally. You cannot I've, say the only guy when there's another guy right here. That has supported Leon Edwards. That's such a selfish statement. I, I mean, have put my reputation on the line for Leon Edwards. I'm one of the guys, Leon. I've been the loudest. I've been the loudest. I, Leon, I'm one of the I've guys. I've never wavered. I have never wavered. You've wavered. <laughs> what? I have not wavered. wavered. I, I still think he should be fighting for the belt next. How about you that? Veered. You veered completely off to the right. You were off the road at a point. No. You veered. You've wavered. I'm the one that's held Leon down this whole time. That is crazy. Anyway, I hope it works out for him because I do love the fight now. I hope it works out. Um, and and it would just be crazy. I mean, what a year for Leon Edwards. Anyway, uh, great, great weekend of boxing. We had amazing fights. Gervonta oh. Davis knocked Leo Santa Cruz's head, you know, to the back of the Alamo Dome. Monster, well, anyway. Oh, that my God. That was the craziest uppercut I've ever seen. Insane. Gervonta is the man. Gervonta Davis tanked. Hey, you know what? You know hey. what? There's a reason they call him tank, right? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just so great to see you. Look at that. I mean, you got the festive look behind you. You got the, I mean, gosh. 
one day I'm trying to hit you with that Gervonta that thing that hit that uppercut came from the hip too. Boom. I thought it was I what I didn't like was it was a little telegraphed. I thought he should have not telegraphed. I've been working on my my dozen boxing. You how in the world do you actually try to critique something that works so perfectly? It was a little telegraphed. Don't go from the hip. Like shoulder. He just no, because he moved his head to the side. Into the strike, like Justin Gaethje said, don't try to judge it, just enjoy the carnage. Yeah, that's like my favorite saying now. Enjoy the that. carnage, like it's the best. You love that. You give a shout out to little Liam Cooney over there with enjoy the carnage, right? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I did. I did. You I hooked people right. up. You know, I do. Well, anyway, DC, uh, it has been a pleasure. My best to your family over there in Lafayette. And uh, are you are you working this weekend or are you not working? I'm back home, man. You know, we had some personal stuff. Okay. You know, I'll give a shout out to my sister. She's done so tremendous man i'm so proud of her and 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 the fight that she's showing uh in this tough difficult time so so proud of her and my family for coming together in all the tough times much love to the cormiers um much love to mma bobblehead again go check them out mmabobblehead.com our guy dave manley look at this beautiful thing i mean this is amazing hey hey you won't let me do it in person I'll do it right here, baby. I'll do it it right here. Oh, I can do it all day. It's starting to get a little weird. It's starting to get a little weird. It's starting to get weird. It's really starting to get weird. Thank you, man. Escape Draft. Yeah. That's a beautiful bookcase you got back there. Thank you. I I got a lot of books here. A lot of leather-bound books. A lot of... uh, I'd love a DC autobiography in there maybe one day. Smell like mahogany in there? Yes. That room must smell like mahogany and cologne. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It does. All right. Thanks to everyone who listens, downloads, subscribes, rates, reviews, all those things and more. Back next week. Same time and place. Tell this way. Peace. We're out of here. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.